to Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Welcome, faithful listeners, to the Big Red Couch. It is I, Ben, pronouns he and him, speaking to you from, well, still in Auckland, doing our thing, trying to talk about role-playing games in a vaguely coherent fashion. With me today, tonight, who knows anymore, is Craig. Uh, pronouns also he, him, here on very nearly the other side of the planet in slightly breezy old England, though part of that is due to some storm damage and a window that won't close properly. So the breeze traditionally is more outside of the building than is currently being experienced. Yes, yes. We're, I've this last few days we've had um, repairs done to inhibit the future whole um, having to evacuate the uh, study slash studio because of a leaking roof and last bit that was done was repointing which I thought was some the name of a South African athlete but I'm very bad with such things I feel like I should have a follow-up joke but I've just got nothing I'm genuinely sorry this was better no I, I, I abandoned you in the middle of a field there and um just ran off so yeah i I completely it was a very very bewildering non-sequitur sorry but yes we're just in that sort of mood this this week i think the world's been full of chaos well the chaos has been more actively reported and doom scrolled than than usual i guess it's all relative these things go on all over the place but you know they just seem uh they're a little bit more present in our lives i'll admit i i have been or was doom scrolling the reporting on a well it started out as a protest but it ended up as an occupation of new zealand parliament by a wide array of interested groups can we say a melange are they a melange <laughs> oh easily a melange maybe even two <laughs> Yes. Yes, a, a wide variety of, of groups who um, who didn't coexist that well together, um, made a complete nuisance of themselves, which, fair enough, is kind of the point of a protest, but managed in a fairly impressively short period of time to just annoy the hell out of practically everybody. There was, for a while, somebody putting together a, a, a fairly solid daily summary of things, but they eventually gave up because, and I'm, I'm trying to quote as best I can here, it became, it felt to them like it was less putting putting together commentary and reporting on a, a protest slash occupation and more just making fun of people with actual mental health problems. Yeah, there certainly wasn't a coherent narrative. Some of the uh, contradictions were like present in the same placard or on the uh, be, uh, being uttered by the person holding the placard and there certainly wasn't any gist going on and then eventually they'd been there for 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 so long that only the the people who remained decided that the best way to resist to 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 make their point felt was to set fire to a bunch of tents on the um, lawn in front of the parliament uh, and then chuck lpg canisters onto them so and you know that might not have reflected the feelings of the entire group but there certainly wasn't a lot of 
cohesion and we're still mystified as to what the the you know that's the thing i mean yes civil civil disobedience and protest has to cause a disruption if you just stop a pole in the middle of the forest no one's likely well i mean depending on how much media attention you get you're 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 likely to you're not as likely to make a grander point but yeah having a point would be a big help (laughs) it's kind of the first step hmm if you if you don't have a point then yeah and yeah refusing refusing to uh, talk to the media on the basis they're in on the the terrible conspiracy which no one can agree on bad sign Mm. yeah ah well but yes as as that ramped down um ukraine ramped up so hooray yeah yeah so it's been it's been a, a complex a complex week so yes we've so i guess we'll turn to for solace and and light-hearted entertainment to our suggestion from our, our loyal listener and, and contributor john and for this one he's just just I'll, I'll just take a sip of coffee before i pick it and hold it in my mouth before i pick up this piece of paper and, and have a look at what this what john's suggestion was <sighs> yes indeed john's suggestion for episode 171 was it's a mad max utopia and yes, the uh, Freedom Convoy, all all iterations, since ours was loosely based on a true story from Canada, just with less Ram Ranch and somehow less dignity. I don't know how they managed that. Yeah. To be fair, it was not without its hilarity, because as as a, as a brief summation, there were two convoys because New Zealand has has two main islands called well they have a a number of names but let's call them the north island and the south island and the idea was that these convoys would start at at, at the ends of the country and meet in the middle where the new zealand parliament is the fact that they are islands is an important factor because when the convoy from the south got to the gap between the islands where one is required to take a ferry across from the top of the south island to the bottom of the north island they discovered that you actually needed to be able to show that you had had a COVID vaccine before the ferry company would transport you. They did not have the COVID vaccine. In fact, that was the entire point of the convoy. Yeah, or if they did, um, they certainly did want the rest of their, their fellow travellers to um, to know about it. Um, and and to, hey, some people worked around it. Somebody, they found, a, they found a sympathetic person with a boat, got across Cook Strait, which is apparently not the most friendliest stretch of water in the world, and disembarked subsequent to the uh, conflagration and uh, the intervention of the police after three weeks of them probably looking for uh, some leverage and then and finding it there are people apparently going oh does anyone know what happened to the the person who who gave us a lift across the uh, channel because uh, yeah they uh, they didn't really couldn't really book passage back either so they're just mm. kind of rattling around and that's kind of the, actually the problem i think they're rattling around in in general yes i guess one of the, the other things that makes this this reminiscent of the uh the freedom convoy is there was a lot of like we're planting a garden and we're doing yoga and you know and we're all about you know people doing what they want and and so forth but also the things that 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 some of them wanted to do was you know hang sitting members of parliament and spray paint swastikas on things so yay <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, didn't really. It, it was it was it, it was a contradiction inherent in the form, which I think is adequately re- sort of reflected in the nature of the prompt. So, um, well done. It's uh, mm. prescient is the word. Astonishingly topical. So yes, that's a that's a that's quite a thing. So the, I, I guess our, our I guess our ideas do. I'm not sure. Does your idea also pivot around the um, the uh, inherent contradiction in the suggestion? Um, actually, no. At least I don't think it does. Hmm. You're, you're letting the team down. All right. What? What? Let, let's, I, let's hear. I, I went in the other direction. I I tried to come up with a way in which Mad Max Utopia could make sense. Okay. You're, you're clearly playing on a, a, a harder level, a harder mode than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Present your uh, unshakable thesis of... Big Red Couch audience, you were being lied to. At no point did I claim that the my, my thesis was unshakable, or even thesisy. I'm not sure that last one's a word. Indeed, indeed. I, I was just merely expressing um, my confidence in that you're up to that this particular task. I think you're lying, but okay. <laughs> so, lay it on us. Come on. Okay, so, yeah, Mad Max Utopia. As, as has been pointed out, there's something of a, a disparity there that there really isn't a way of looking at the setting of any of the Mad Max films as being a, a utopia. Even if things are pretty nice for some of the people... It's not really very utopian if that's at the expense of everybody else. Put it this way, there is no George Miller film in which there is a utopia. Not even Babe 2, Pig in the City, or Happy Feet. There are, there's always some tension. <laughs> but those ones mm. specifically, in, that, in the um, Outback Apocalypse over, specifically not. <laughs> I would have loved to see his take on Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, so I'm I'm actually doing a bit of a dive into into Big Red Cow history for this one, and uh, returning to the the vague setup of our something's going down in Disney Town episode of a few years back. Hmm. So this this leans heavily into the uh, the TV show and indeed the movie Westworld, and has the idea that much like. Westworld and and Future World and and Samurai World I think was in mm, yep um, was, was in there I've only seen the first couple of seasons of Westworld so um, eh, yeah maybe maybe don't rush out and watch the final question mark one oh and so much like these there is Apocalypse World presumably they bought the rights off Vincent Baker oh well done Vincent <laughs> mm, yeah woohoo which has much the same idea that this is this is an environment which allows the guests to live out their dreams of being the main character or a main character in a variety of post-apocalyptic situations you've got the the hosts whose job it is is to be the secondary characters the non-player characters to hmm. um to to the guests story and the whole park is set up to be authentic, but safe for a legally defined definition of safe. For the guests, anyway. <laughs> Indeed. And 
presumably to a great extent for the hosts. I mean, at least but, you know, based on um, at least the first season of Westworld, you know, injuries were for the most part temporary and everything resets, which is not without its horrifying implications, but still. Yeah, yes, there's been a bit of fridge horror invoked by that, but yes, it's... Mm. Okay, so it, it well for very least for the guests, it's a it's a um, rough and tumble, spiky hairdo and um, V eight vehicle playground. Indeed, and so you've got there's that that's the setup. This park exists. Apocalypse world exists, and then the actual or an actual apocalypse arrives, mm-hmm. and the guests stop coming, and presumably the the non-host, the, the actual people at the park, probably leave, or at least stop doing things, and the the various characters of Apocalypse World are left very much on their own. And my, my impression of the show Westworld, and I apologise for any, any spoiler content, I'll try to, try to not do that. My impression of the show Westworld is that if you sort of saw the thing on a big map, and I suspect this isn't actually backed up by the show itself to any great degree, that sort of in the center, you would have you know, the town where the train station is and where where the guests arrive. And then the further out from that you go in any direction, the rougher it gets, the more the sort of acceptable level of risk to the guests increases, the more that here is the liability statement that you signed kicks in until you get right out to the edge, which is very much sort of the lawless wastelands. Hmm. As, as a, as a, as a counterpoint, that is exactly how uh, Bethesda have been making their fallout game maps and no. as a, as a thing. So yeah, they have definitely, well, not strictly like a, a radial thing, but you, you're generally guided towards a place which is, pretty suitable you start a place that's suitable for starting you're guided to places that are suitable for learning and and getting used to the systems and they get progressively more horrific and dangerous as you go out from there the the world is also trying to keep in pace with your 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 character to some degree but yes they've also tried to make things uh scale in a natural sort of way so yeah that's a that's pretty logical yeah even even if they messed it up in the uh, execution of the show (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so yeah in that in that safer center of the park there are enough storylines and i always got the impression that the the storylines kind of exist whether or not there's anybody there and just kind of get modified based on what the guests are doing there are hmm. enough sort of intersecting storylines that even with no people there the various hosts sort of interact with each other and so they've probably been doing much the same thing for years but the further out you go in the in the less safe bits when you've sort of moved out of i don't know the the just post-apocalyptic town or from the tv show jericho or if you're a little bit further out maybe barter town from the third um, mad max film you know the this is an approximately safe but still a little bit scary zones the further out you go the plot lines start to become a little bit more separate until eventually mm. you're sort of you're right out at the edge and you've got this this oil refinery in a desert that is being attacked by a gang of weirdly dressed um, bikers um, led by the Lord Humongous or mm. 
you know, a couple of valleys over and you've got this creepy sort of quasi-cyberpunk uh, cannibal gang based vaguely on the Shawnee Bean legend. This kind of thing. These are the storylines that somebody who's really going out there can run into and, and become involved in. They're probably less community-centered or like personal storylines. They're more boss monsters of a of, in, of a nature. I, I suspect so they probably pretty they, they probably much. become pretty simple as they as you get to more uh, more there was more spectacle, less kind of complex personal stories kind of stuff. Indeed, yeah. If you're doing the if you wind up in the the sort of the Mad Max two storyline, you've got gang of awful bikers vaguely hints at philosophical nature of warlord running them, people protecting oil refinery, deeply flawed character running it. Now read on. So anyway, yes, in the in the center of the park, those the narratives are still being supported because they're sort of interacting with each other. Out on the edge, in in the case of this oil refinery, you've kind of got well They've sort of slowed down. They've, they've they've broken down. the The assaults on the the oil refinery have sort of just turned into this this vague niggling idea that maybe we shouldn't like those guys. And every so often, somebody mm. will snap, sort of charge at the wall, start beating it with a rock for a while, and just kind of wind down. And you know, the people on both sides will say, "Okay, we good, we done," and then they'll go back to whatever the hell they were doing. And mm. yeah, periodically speaking, they might you know every couple of weeks do a bit of a wander wander around just to kind of reinforce that boundary with the creepy cannibals in you know a couple of valleys over just because those guys have a tendency to go weird if you don't check in every so often and that that's pretty much their situation they have no guests there's really nothing for them to do and then some guests arrive i expect most of their routines are based on having guests being funneled towards them and and they and they react or the guests react to what they are doing and it's all pretty it's all pretty pretty rote the outcome is not supposed to be like a very um thing but they've been spending their time there's been enough time for that to start to degrade or to become inherently more just complicated on like a on a minor level rather than mm. being reset by having everything all, all of the um the the pyrotechnics go off and um, there being a big shootout yeah, like they don't bother closing the gate on the refinery anymore. They're, there's mm. no real difference between the two groups other than how they're dressed. And, you know, they're really just one group because they've got nothing to do. So, yeah. And then some guests arrived. And hmm. the system didn't notify anybody that the guests are there. They've got no profiles set up in the system. And they've come in from entirely the wrong direction. They've come right. in from, from the boundary. But they're not hosts, and that makes them guests. But the hmm. guests in dire need of medical attention. But the emergency transport system, the sort of the network of tunnels underneath the, um, uh, the underneath the park, that hasn't worked in years. And they're in need of food, but the hosts don't eat. And the emergency hmm. rations, I mean, the emergency rations they have were only intended to look like military surplus MREs. They actually came out of a Michelin star kitchen back at um, headquarters. They only last a few days. You know, actual food was supposed to be this, uh, you know, was, was sort of being sent in through these transport tunnels that again don't work from this central kitchen that isn't functioning. So they've got some guests and, you know, they've, the, the, these people have arrived. 
for these people, the Apocalypse World Park is a utopia. It's still better than anywhere they've come from. Right. Because the hosts, because the hosts are hosts, they, you know, despite them being, like, terrifying bikers with assless chaps and, um... Ah, whiz. They, their their primary concern is the entertainment and safety of the guests. That's what their programming is based on. So they go, wait a second, we don't have anyone who know, who, who is, who's, who's got the knowledge or their programming to, to be a doctor. We don't have any food. We know that, that, that folks over there, you know, make a rough scrabble kind of farm in that direction. We know where there's potable water and so forth. But we have to we have to override our programming or come up with a story because it's still the story is still part of it to help these people. So you end up with a so they end up doing the reverse of this to rescue the the supposed guests. Yeah, that could that could be cool. Yeah, if you go, yeah. you have some dysfunctional faux Badlands warriors attempting to um to to ferry their charges somewhere they can be um they can be helped and that's got it's also got legs if you could if there is some sort of mechanism by which you can have them realize that you know i mean maybe that you know they are aware that they are hosts but when acting in reference to things that aren't like you know the the interrogation of one of the um one of the the the, the park maintenance people they don't have access to that part of themselves so yeah eventually they might they're sort of breaking out and sort of like discovering it's like oh if there is somebody who's going to help people in a in a post-apocalypse situation we're actually very very well suited given that we have all these weird skills and um very hardy compared to humans who have been starving for years <laughs> indeed yeah, this is this is presumably the story where i mean going with the more um uh, the the more lo- uh, yeah, more recent uh, movie where Imperator Furiosa, Immortan Joe, and Nux all team up to transport some injured people uh, into I don't know somewhere safe Barter Town. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly via that weird little valley where the crashed plane was. Hmm. In terms of system, weirdly, it's not quite the right fit. But something along the lines of Wonder Home. Interesting. Hmm, yeah. You could absolutely turn this into the, okay, this is the game of a bunch of somewhat indestructible robot warriors carving a swath through a fake apocalyptic wasteland in order to get to somewhere that they hope is medical supplies, food, and somebody who knows how to use the previous two items, <laughs> you could turn it into that that long-running combat game, but it kind of miss, misses the utopia bit. Well, mechanically, you're, you, you, you could use those mechanics to go towards the story with an outcome of those results. Wonder Home, I think, is close, but, but because I had an idea that is not a million miles away from that, I'll try and suggest something else. Ooh. Because Wonder Home is like a personal journey, Indeed, it, it it might be something something that is a little bit more. Um, again, it's this this Ben and Craig's escort mission game framework, mm. where you're trying to solve someone else's problem without incurring too much of a 
a, too much of a like a debt and and in some ways it might be the cognitive dissonance of ah i am i am the 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 lord humongous i am the great warlord i have these mighty principles that hold my 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 warriors together and i and i am unshakable but also i've got to help these 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 nice people <laughs> mm. yeah and i i figure I, I figure that by this point yeah by, by this point that whole um you know that whole disparity there the bicameral mind thing that they leaned on very heavily in the first episode the first season of westworld has sort of broken down for these guys that they know at least to some degree mm. what's going on i think it will have um well the the the, the necessity means that they are that they the two halves of the minds are certainly trading information but they may not be in concert so in in, in terms of the costs you know they might have to you know give if they're going to give up something to escort their charges to it it might be you know that they are sacrificing some of the persona that means that they are a a grisly terrifying warlord to be more helpful or something like that so there's a bit of so i i certainly uh, certainly see where that's headed but it's more of a mm. um maybe um fellowship maybe fellowship is a is an interesting thing though that requires that there is a big bad um in the system and in this case the big bad really is well and that yeah because this is me there is option there is option two for this or option 1.1 if you if you wanted to have a big bad and you wanted to have have a threat beyond just the 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 danger inherent in the system these people have presumably stumbled into the into the apocalypse world park from from the outside and you hey nothing's attacking them that's great but what if the thing that was attacking them followed them in hmm yeah that if you want to have a threat and a yeah basically there's something chasing you and of course that something is also not a host so it's probably a guest it might be some sort of bizarre radiation zombie, but it's mm. probably a guest, so they can't really do anything other than run away from it. Well, unless it, it unless it tries to harm another guest, and then mm. yeah, there's a but again, there's a complexity there. Yeah, fellowship. The the I mean the 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 person running the game literally plays the adversary, and it's kind of part of the narrative. You have a you have a kind you have Sauron or uh, Aku from Samurai Jack or some something something with a vast, Ooh, nice you know, not quite omniscient kind of 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 a threat. So they can literally kind of just narrate stuff into the into the game, and you know, that's part of the part of the function of it. So, and yeah, maybe the pack itself is the biggest threat in some way, even though it is part of what's. Um, protecting that mm. well there might be systems at play there see there was journey away which i have a copy of somewhere which has this that, that kind of non-challenged base adventure mechanic hmm so yeah there are there are options but that i mean i quite liked the just the the idea of of wander home apocalypse edition uh, though it's not quite the right fit <laughs> Um, and the idea of a post-apocalyptic sort of setting 
where actually you're not hitting things with axes made out of car parts. Hmm, interesting. Well, funny you should say that, because my I took a similar sort of... a, a similar journey in a different direction, let's say. Ooh. So, uh, so I thought basically about the, the Mad Max kind of outback apocalypse kind of genre. So they're made up of a wasteland, weird cars, a need that is unmet, and lingering trauma. Basic. And thinking about what we've sort of, we've, the games that we've experienced and, and, and talked about, that, that started me down a similar sort of role, uh, a, you know, a similar sort of road as far as systems were concerned. And but you know, I got diverted partially by the the, the, the clown boy, <laughs> partially by the, the the description from Sir Thomas More, you know the the, you know, the original text about utopia. It literally means no place. But the idea of a utopia from the inhabitants of the world of Mad Max would be very modest, and I immediately thought of the song Big Rock Candy Mountain, except that it's it's little streams of gasoline trickling down the rocks rather than alcohol because what they need and you know and it's part of the satire of the song is that you know either the these the the um the hobos in question are very uh, unambitious in their wants and so forth and they just would rather not be beat up or by um uh policemen and railway bulls and so forth and they'd like a, a nice easy life but for the folks in the uh, the apocalypse, you know, clean water, non-radioactive food, things like that would be, you know, not much to ask, really. But <laughs> and yet, yeah, and yet, so, so it's 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 like a very specific list of of sort of grievances addressed, but in a very in a very, in a very specific thing, and the idea of kind of putting the yeah, it's partially a thing. From you know, a couple of the, the tick boxes on that on the the list of of aspect of um, quanti- of qualities, I was thinking it's pretty much just apocalypse world. Apart, apart from the um, the idea of trauma, I mean, there's there's trauma apocalypse world, of course, but the idea of addressing it, and I th- and I thought, well, why not just slap the two of them together and do wander home as a post-apocalypse game. Keep the cute critters, keep the badland ve- the, the, the the you know the the, the 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 weird vehicles, but they they're all all of the characters are less I I slightly turn up the the the, the you know that you're looking for something that there is some there is something that you you need to do to find this 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 equivalent of Big Rock Candy Mountain, but it is part of the journey part of the journey and the healing and so forth. Except this is a slightly more Teenage Mutant Ninjas after the bomb edition of the RPG, and yeah, just just play it for you are you know these tough veterans and their their you know their war rigs and um, V eight muscle cars traveling to to find this the, the, this goal that they've got and meeting folks along the way and having encounters that are sort of like you know expose and and. Um, reframe the traumas and so forth that they've gone through. So, very much a fusion of those two games. 
but the, the unfortunately the best name I could come up with so far is When the Wind in the Willows. Hmm. <laughs> oh dear, I've killed Craig. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Just, just remembering when the wind blows. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, sh- that thing should have had a warning label on it with the in, in the in the school library. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. Yes. Ah, growing up in the eighties. Yeah, like Ghibli releasing Grave uh, Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here's this entertaining movie about rabbits. Yes. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that's kind of mm, yeah. It's a real watership downer, as it were. Um, <laughs> interesting. Okay, so we did end up in very much the same sort of um, place through very well, same sort of system through very different routes. Yes, different cultural ah. touchstones. So. Mm. Interesting. Would you keep from Wander Home the the most people are basically nice aspects? Would you go into the more everything's a transaction aspect of of um, of um, Apocalypse World? How I guess how would you merge those? I think I think that it would probably go to everyone needs something. Mm. Yeah, and the idea that. You are, you know, barter and, and even if it's, you know, for, for passage across land or something like that, it would, I think, yeah, everything would have a certain tension about it. It wouldn't fundamentally, mm. I think it would probably, you know, like, it would lean on everyone's trying to survive because, you know, this would presumably be at the point where everyone who is not trying so much to survive to it will have been um, filtered out gradually. So, and you know, maybe use the, the the playbooks from Apocalypse World to a degree to reflect that these are certainly competent survivors. So yes, there's yeah, it wouldn't be as as a cuddly a game as Wonder Home for sure, but it Wonder Home is one of the more cuddly games out there. It, it is a super duper cuddly game. Yes, hmm, I, I quite like it. That that sounds that sounds fun. It also conveniently sounds like the sort of thing that could be run with fairly minimal setup, since um, especially if you're leaning heavily on the Wander Home thing, the the story is going to be at least a little bit somewhere between a little bit and quite a lot guided by the by the characters. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that, I guess that's true for Apocalypse World as well. Mm. One of the, one of the, the the distinctions between the two, and there are many, but one of the distinctions is that the the characters generally have relationships and things that they're trying to hold on to in the uh, Master of Ceremonies and introducing threats to make things happen. Whereas Wander Home, the, the, the characters definitely drive the story and, and, and mm. interact with the things that they want to interact with. So yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely a thing. Which I think I would keep to some degree, but also would the, you know, the starting to build up the litany of what exactly the lakes of stew and whiskey too are for this particular group what they're actually they're traveling get you know and maybe maybe the you know your whatever system you use to do um to control like obstacles and chance maybe the outcome of that is basically how fictional or real the place actually is the the idea that maybe it comes down to the more 
ridiculous and perilous the journey, the more... I mean, it, it super depends on the kind of tale you're playing to tell, but the idea that you've gone through these ridiculous lengths to come to the, uh, the end of the tale and discover, like, no, the place doesn't exist, you just run off the edge of whatever place you're traversing and it's like yes literally the uh the the real treasure was the friends we made along the way because there is nothing here (laughs) (laughs) and then your players pilt you with dice well this would be a communal um and then your players pilt each other with dice (laughs) yes indeed this would be a dice pilting will happen this would this would be not one person writing the the um Sadness pony into depressing canyon, but a whole pony trip. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I, I, I'm sorry. What was that? Ah, oh, it's it was a, a line from one of the Jankcast episodes that uh, they're not on. They're not on. on the the website's gone down, and the the RSS feeds is describing. You know, sometimes you know you want to have the bad thing happen to the character so you can see the character deal with the bad thing. And this is I'm described as riding the sadness pony down Depression Canyon or something like that. And I had, wow. like, haven't done this for a while. I mean, a lot of my, a lot of my characters are, d- are d- distressingly happy-go-lucky, but yes, the idea that sometimes it's like, nope, <laughs> this person <laughs> is, is, is making it worse for themselves with every decision. Let's see how far we can go. Yeah, I am going to drop that weasel into their lap and there is nothing they can do about it. Yeah, okay, I get it. That's quite fun. I, I like that idea. That, um, you know, desperately trying to come up with some sort of thing where the the, uh, the the lake of stew and of whiskey too could could be entirely literal and not also be completely disgusting. But uh, I haven't come up with it yet. A whiskey lake would pose problems, but yeah, stew, stew would be a real, real issue yeah yeah so so i guess yes i guess you're trying you are trying to make a kind of in that case you're you're attempting to assemble like a bojack horseman kind of story but yeah to uh riff on this the the sadness pony but yes Mm, yes i suspect the closest you could get is just somebody has has grotesquely exaggerated oh yeah there's this place they have a bunch of food and this sort of communal stew pot also, mm. they have a distillery. Yeah, maybe that would be good enough, but the uh, the tale has grown in the telling. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I like that. That's fun. I, uh, I yeah, and the fact that both of us went for Wonder Home is kind of hilarious. It is well. It's the thing. It's uh, oh yeah, we recently we recently having had a chance to uh, to play it, which was good. But yeah, it may have may have well whatever is. Um, Whatever I'm playing is is always going to deform my brain a bit. So, hmm, <laughs> hmm. Okay, I thought you would you you would have more of a visceral reaction to my uh, to my uh, portmanteau name, but fair enough. I mean, it's <sighs> I got a good groan out of D when I told her. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'm, I'm I'm sorry to disappoint. It was just kind of a yeah. That's, that's right. a really weird name. Where did that? Oh. I think the, the visceral reaction... <laughs> it just means I've got to try harder next time, that's all. <laughs> yeah, it's... It, it, I mean, basically, the visceral reaction just kind of got um, caught up with me trying to understand where it was coming from. Ah, took, right. Took, so it's took, a a, little bit, it's a, took me a little bit too long to figure out the... Yeah. Bit of a thinker, I see. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It was sort of a, mm, I had to engage my thinking brain, and um, <laughs> and and that doesn't always fire up that quickly. That's no, good. It's good. I should prime the pump a bit. Maybe drop some. Um, oh yeah, like Toad of Toad Hall is um, tricked our Ford Interceptor or something. The idea of. I mean, oh, that that's a terrible hilarious. idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is. I now I'm just imagining like the the Peter Rabbit. I've only actually seen the first of the the the, the Peter Rabbit movies, but I'm just imagining that, but with a post-apocalyptic last of the V8 interceptors kind of vibe. Mm. Yep, 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 yep. Cool, cool. That's that that works disturbingly well. Anyway. Yes, uh, I should I should stop the the un, uh, unending horror of that particular thought train. Um, yeah. So we have had a contribution from the audience. John has written his with his own take on it, which kind is is kind of close to mine. But I guess this what this one is a particularly. Um, we we've already had some near misses, so yeah, doesn't that makes a fair amount of sense. Okay, so John writes, OG. Oh dear. Golly gee willikers. Do I have an idea for a one-shot? Maybe a multi-session game. Yes, indeedy do. It's a mad, 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 mad max world. Setting. The dry outbreak of Austral Zealand. I'm just going to leave that one hanging there. Yeah, I think the Zealandia plate doesn't get all the way to Australia, but, you know, if we run out of enough ocean, I guess it does. True, yeah, if you drop drop it far enough, yeah, I think I think there is a sizable trench going on there, but I could be wrong. Hmm. Well that's where they True. run into one another. And you inconveniently yeah. you either get a you either get an ocean trench or a mountain range. Really at the same time. Hmm. The players. Various bondage wearing, spike encrusted, sun tanned, and perfectly quaffed survivalists with their cobbled together kludge machine vehicles. The goal. Old man Mad Max finally kicked the buckets. His final words were It's there, it's Utopia. Out there, beyond Mount Mehari, all the water to drink, all the food to eat, all... Word gets out amongst the biker gangs, cultists, farmsteaders, thunderdomers, and the others that there is a better place, and it's theirs for the taking. Let the Mad Max dash for Utopia begin. For this one, you could use Apocalypse World for the setting, any of the post-apocalypse RPGs, or even Fiasco for the rules. The players can work together or backstab each other, or do both at the same time. Who finds Mad Max Utopia first is the winner? Or will it be like the ending of Mad Max Fury Road? As a side note, has anybody ever done Mad Max Furry Road? Probably, but I'm not going to Google it. I'll leave that as an exercise for the reader. I assume they have, but I also kind of did a moment ago, so yeah. And I've seen at least a couple of... Um, uh, at least a couple of pieces of, of Furry Road artwork. Well, one Furry Road and one with uh, the Muppets. The Muppets would be excellent, yes, yes. Indeed. Um, I think they had Animal as Max, Janice mm-hmm. as Furiosa, I think Dr. Teeth as Immortan Joe, possibly... Oh, I Scooter as Nux? I'm not sure. Possibly Zoot. The, the sa- I think Zoot was the saxophone player. As yeah. Could have been as Nux or could have been as the Doof Warrior. I'm not sure. Hmm. Oh, well, we'll post links. In any case, is there a utopia? Or was Max just being a troll with his final breath? Play to find out. 
it does feel more like a wacky races sort of game than anything. Oh yeah. So yeah. That's why I quite like Fiasco. because um, Yeah, yeah. Don't don't mean to suggest that you're not a serious gentleman, John, but um <laughs> Yeah. It would be more fun as a wacky racers. Yeah, yeah. Sort of more frenetic kind of light hearted chaos mm. vibe, I think. Yeah. Because I, w- I would think for running this, if I was running this game, and certainly if I was playing this game, if you if you played this with a a fairly, I'm not even sure what they, a fairly high lethality system, and the player the player characters are in some way opposed to each other, or or, or something like that, there's a pretty solid chance that you're not going to have the entire group of characters at the end of the game. And that that strikes me as kind of against the fun spirit of the thing. That hmm. you want all of the ridiculous chicanery, all of the sending people down the wrong um, the, the the wrong paths, sabotaging vehicles, whatever. You want the end result to be that everybody arrives at Mad Max's Utopia at roughly the same time. Because from memory, from the, the movie Mad 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 World. That's pretty much what happened. Despite all of the bullshit that they did, everybody got to the destination at roughly the same time. So narrative rubber banding. Yeah. Hmm. And you could maybe achieve that even if you had people playing the different factions. You could effectively have a resource of henchmen or something that effectively counters, you know, victory points or or hit points to a degree. So, yeah, rather than... Mm. The, the the blow landing is like another um, of the war boys leaps in the way and yells uh, witness me before um, whatever treachery or um, a, a attack takes place and you know and that's the and that that reduces resource but it doesn't um, it doesn't take out that faction's player mm, doesn't take you out doesn't take you out of the game yeah mm. I I guess. If I were running this, the thing that would worry me was that ultimately if you've got a race for a prize, you need to have some idea of what the prize is. Even if it's the booby prize, you you need to have the ending not suck. And I personally am not sure what the non-sucky ending would be. How, how, do, you, how do you make the payoff worth it? Well, this is like... The game, as John suggested, probably has a limited scope. Mm. And acknowledging how cartoony and silly it is would be a way of getting there. May, I mean, maybe the um, it is down. It is might literally down to be well played. Um, you know, and whatever faction hold, you know holds the dented trophy above their head and says, "Ah, better luck next year, guys." Even though it's like been. 400 miles of explosions and maimings. <laughs> but yeah, I think... Well, that's the thing. It's, it's the, the, the... What makes any outcome in a role-playing game satisfactory? Because like they're all... They're, they're scraps of paper or ticks and, uh, ticks and boxes and so forth. It's the, it's the way that the, the character at, re- relates to whatever is accomplished and whatever the... the and what the player has investment in the character accomplishing it so yeah i mean it could 
Yes, it being a, a huge rope pull at the end. As if people were taking it super seriously and they were extremely engaged and bonded with these characters and then you just kind of... And it had been, a, you know, like an epic struggle and it turned out to be nothing in the end. Yeah, that'd suck. But if the idea was that it was probably a, a, a hoax the whole time, I think they'd cope. They'd, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it might, might also be... And I'm, I'm thinking of this purely from, from my own perspective. I might almost go into this with a few endings in mind, ranging from a a you know, sort of a, a great big uh, rock carving of a young Max doing the the, 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 the buddy Jesus uh, thumbs up and a gotcha um, carved at the bottom, um, <laughs> all the way through to sort of something sort of a little bit poignant and touching and, and something in between and just kind of see which way the players seemed to be going with this one. You know, if they were leaning, if they were leaning heavily into the sort of the paranoia shove thy neighbor uh, approach, then the, the, it was a hoax the entire time would probably work quite nicely. There would be a certain amount of jerky resonance there. That's true. Hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of, uh, there's, there's a distinction between where the, the, say the players work together and, were like one unit facing off against the others beat the odds got to the end to the to the prize first and it turned out to be a hoax would be fundamentally more galling than if they were competing one of them got to the end it was a hoax because the rest of them would go ha ha you won <laughs> yeah but you didn't everyone yeah. Loses. Sucks to be you yeah so there's this there is maybe something to think about there about the nature of feelings of accomplishment in role-playing games so that said it would be a hell of a lot of fun to play and i do like the idea of the comedy the comedy wacky races um version of of mad max pretty much any of the mad maxes really that that would be fun i would like to i would like to play in that game hmm. and fiasco is an interesting is, is an interesting idea for the uh the the, the system having everything already being a desperate dash across the, the a, a parched and possibly radioactive wilderness and then things going bad at the um, the the two-thirds mark is fascinating i wonder how you, wonder what that would hmm. look like yeah it doesn't go bad and that you're just totally out of your depth i mean we're getting dangerously into a boy and his dog territory here but um hmm yes it does have a kind of a Harlan Ellison kind of, uh, the world sucks and so do you, ha, feel to it. Hmm. Actually, yeah, from that from that point of view, the idea that the 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 finding this utopia isn't actually the the end of the game. That's the point at which the twist occurs. The next bit is how do you cope with that when you've when you've you've grown up in this horrifying apocalyptic wasteland and you hit this actual utopia and you're these sort of bondage wearing spike encrusted suntanned and perfectly quiffed survivalists and you suddenly find yourself in this absolutely wonderful place with these people who are really nice to you what's going on what are they up to they're going to kill us and eat our livers yeah that would be interesting i mean the the idea of making it about the adjustment from horrible terrible wasteland survival to so it's an acclimatization or a being 
assimilated into a community kind of thing that's yeah that is a valid take on that it's uh quite a complicated one though uh, that would be mm. systematically i don't think i know anything vaguely like that but certainly not in terms of systems maybe it's something that's more of that talks about the story Ooh, i think closest one i can think of is something like misspent youth but that's um teenage punks and uh ne'er-do-wells kicking back against the man so mm. losing your edge getting getting beat down by the system or giving in is a bad outcome in that one so this is kind of a bit this is a bit different again but maybe that's uh maybe that's a kind of thing of dealing well, maybe that's like a rather than the uh the one the wander homes travel and explore and help people thing this is like stay in one place god damn it and deal with your trauma hmm <laughs> so yeah. if, if, I, if i wanted to go full-on if i wanted to go full-on horror movie ending <laughs> um they were out to eat their livers yeah that um you've sort of got the um you know they they, they arrive you know our our um our, our clutch clutch machine convoy because they picked up other people along the way and you know, they they battle amongst themselves and they've got there they've they've got through the treacherous tunnels or mountain pass or whatever and got to this this utopian place where everybody is really nice and oh you won't need your armor or your weapons anymore and then we do this cutscene back to sort of everybody's left you know old man mad max who maybe wasn't actually that old just grizzled sort of Everybody's left. Max opens his eyes again, having sort of effectively just faked his faked his own um, his own demise. Makes sure everybody's gone. Wanders off in search of the next group of people to to send for the next harvest. Ugh. Wow, that's way more grim than anything we came up previously. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I I maybe stole that from a. I think it was the comic Snarf Quest, where oh goodness, um, somebody it, it might not have been Snarf Quest. It might it was sort of somebody pointing out that once you have a once you have a dragon and a, a dragon sort of in some level of captivity, you've got to keep it fed, and that gets really expensive. And so what you do is you circulate a large number of of treasure maps that basically are just a guide to where the dragon's um, den is. Um, so that the dragon is pretty much just fed on a steady diet of adventurers. Um, I've definitely seen that done in a similar sort of situation, except the, the, the tourist trap was the town nearby who was selling all sorts of um, trinkets and charms and wards to keep you safe if you uh, dared to face the dragon. And the dragon, you know, been like, I like unconscious or working with the uh, the locals for... You know, a very long period of time at this point. So <laughs> they make sure that they um, that they, you know, regardless of what happened, the adventurers, the uh, the, the locals were, were were prepared to fleece them ruthlessly before before whatever fate befell them. Yeah, it's, it's like the, the sort of the classic gold rush situation mm. that you might make a large amount of money in the gold rush, but you're by by mining for gold or, or panning for gold. But you'll probably make a lot more money if you're the person selling the pants. Yes, indeed. 
Um, so that, that's my very, very dark take on it. Though then presumably the, the, the ending of the game is our, our convoy of, um, of, of post-apocalyptic warriors battling their way out of Utopia again because it's safer mm. in the wasteland because Indeed. people might be trying to kill you but they're not trying to do it with a knife and a fork. Yes, maybe the um, having dis- discovered that the old the alternatives to their their uh, lawless lifestyle uh, are much much worse, and they can ride off into the sunset with their uh, buttocks glinting in the sunlight, and um, you know, safe that in the really world. Really made thing, an impact, you know, they, didn't it? Well, it it was cl- it was clearly part of the framing of the story. New. Yeah. I mean, every That's everyone true. on the, uh, the the other the other side have like aerobic instructors' hair and weird kind of jumpsuits. So, yeah, yes, it's it's almost yeah, it's, it's almost like sort of refa- reframing the uh, the the battle between a a, a somewhat crunchy uh, sports club and the the really weird nightclub next door. Hmm. Yes, the real yeah the, the the real treasure was the 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 people we met who didn't try to eat us along the way. Yeah, it does feel inside an established game. Maybe of Happy Go Lucky Road Warriors, it could work. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a weird kind of sentence in and of itself. The idea of going, oh, you're going to be, um, you're going to be these these um, post-apocalypse brigands, but you found a good place. It's like everyone's going to be like on edge anyway. It's like, okay, this is all too good to be true, um, or something similar so i don't know if it counts as a rug pull but um might be a bit of a might might cause comment yeah i don't mm. know whether i would be brave enough to try that one i i probably wouldn't i well not not in this this context of the one shot um as so, as you say as something to drop into an existing game an mm. existing longer running game would be would be a thing to try it would be yeah then an interesting turn to say like oh look we were like someone's opened their their bunker and oh no they've got plenty of rations and and you know they're all they're looking for hardy folks who know how to survive and you know they'll take us in and feed us and so forth and it's like mm, yeah someone's is bound to be skeptical but you know that could be a, an interesting an interesting uh turnabout indeed but the like, like I said, that was that, that was the horror movie twist for that one. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well done. I mean, you made it more weird and creepy than my attempt to set uh, threads in Thousand Acre Wood. So, yeah, well done. Yeah. Thousand Acre Threads? A Thousand Acre of thre- Acres of Thread. It's mm, yeah. so a bit no, cumbersome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not, yeah, it's not really working. Okay, anyway, so let's let's stop this now. Um, thank you, John. That, that has given us many ideas, some of which are terrible and some of which are probably less terrible and and their terribleness may be a response to what's going on in the world at the moment so that's fair you're off the hook i guess (laughs) indeed what do we have we do have an announcement well a, a a a boosting the signal Yep, we will have a link in the show notes for a itch.io bundle for TTRPGs for trans rights in Texas. You may be aware that Texas, well, every, everything is bigger to do in Texas, apparently. Ooh. 
In response to Governor Greg Abbott and Texas Attorney General Office's transphobic declarations, we have brought together all of these games to support uh, support trans rights. And it's a couple of charities that they'll be splitting splitting the money between, uh, the Transgender Education Network of Texas and Organisation Latina de Trans in Texas. And there are currently, I don't know, it may, it may go up from this point, 493 games for uh, any any amount you care to donate north of $5 US. Uh, there are several games just in the top couple of lines that are worth many times that. So a great opportunity to try out a bunch of interesting games, many of them by trans creators themselves. Uh, for very very little money and contribute to a, a great cause so we'll have a link in there you can probably find it it is running until 29 days from when we're recording yeah i was just doing the case yeah so somewhere so, around the start of april yeah it'll be about the 4th of april i think because it's 31 in march okay so it's running until about the 4th of april so if you'll still have a little time once the uh, recording goes up it'll be on our um, social media a couple of times at that point anyway um and yeah take this opportunity to um try out some interesting games and yeah fuck greg abbott because wow what a gross and unpleasant thing to spend your time doing when there's probably much more useful things to do like fixing bits of the texas power grid hypothetically speaking yeah yeah so i i have scrolled down the list of 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 games and yes there are an enormous number of things i have never heard of in fact the vast majority of them i have never heard of i'm sure we're all surprised but things that leapt out to me at me were space train a space heist which is very much the sort of thing where i live and also a game called jonathan frakes wants your attention and you must not give it to him which is apparently a game of being haunted by a vengeful spirit in the form of the actor from Star Trek. It, it sounds, you know, uncomfortably close to real life for somebody, but I'm sure, but yeah. Hey, those two alone would be worth five, $5 US just to see what, what on earth these games are about. I mean... That is fair. So yeah, so try that out and um, there's bound to be something in there for everybody. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I just put it Garfield and you. I'm going to stop scrolling down that list and go back to what I was supposed to be doing, which is, I guess, moving on to what our next episode is, and indeed, what the poll options for episode 173 are. And we've we've introduced this before, but again, 172 is an unusual amount of Elvis suggested by Alex. Thank you, Alex. I will be attempting to hit up Alex to um, see whether Alex has any suggestions as to what the the game or story behind an unusual amount of Elvis would be, just to see what happens. Indeed, it's only fair. And then, the poll options for um, for episode 173. So, so we have from Jono, um, who was looking at an insurance surrender form at the time, Life cover no longer required. Terry, whose suggestion is strangers and mice. From an unknown source, we have gumbo shoe. And from John, pastry foo, crouching criller, hidden donut. 
isn't Krala one of those like weird sort of ridged donut? Like it's a ring donut, but it's got ridges. Is that a Krala? I believe so. We we don't have exposure to that dizzying variety of pastries. I, I may have to visit a Dunkin' Donuts for research. I suspect I've had something that Dunkin' Donuts calls a Krala, and I'm certain it's not the real thing. But yeah, you'll get a, get an idea, I guess. Yeah. Fair point, well made. Right, so thank you everybody for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the episode. Please join us next time for an unusual amount of illness. And depending on your time zone, have a, a good day or a lovely evening. Indeed. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time!